Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Good day, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am Chad, your host on One Guy with a Mic Sportscast, where it's the podcast where I bring the stats so you can state the facts. Well, this week's episode, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs and a little bit of a season review. Not much of a season review. We're just going to go over stat leaders, you know, discuss the Lakers because... I absolutely hate the Lakers, so anytime they lose, I feel a little bit more a little bit more proud of my team choice, the Clippers. Also, I need a big give my give a shout out to all my Canadian fans out there. Thanks for looking out for for your boy. Um, we are currently ranked number two hundred and thirty four on the Canadian Sports Podcast, so that's pretty awesome, according to Apple. So, that's a plus. I love it. Love to hear that stuff. All right. Well, baseball season's underway. So, let's start, let's talk about overreactions and underreactions. Uh, the Cubs have won two games already this year, uh, which is way more than I thought they were going to have done by the time the second week of the season started. So, that's a plus. Um, I don't think it was going to be as bad as as the Cubs team that started 0-14, you know, but I thought it was going to be pretty bad. He did say Ian Happ has shown up and showed out, so but now he got hit by a pitch on Saturday and is currently on a day-to-day basis. Uh, so there's that. You also have the Yankees beating down the Red Sox, so that's fun. I always like to see when the Red Sox lose, too. And all my Yankees Twitter is just blowing up with how how that team is doing right now as well. Which, that, as I have found myself on Yankee Twitter, which I seem to find a lot of Yankees fans for some reason on Twitter. Like, which is fine. Like, I don't have a problem with the Yankees at all. Like, they are where they are. But to watch your guys' tweets after the lockout ended... And how they're like, you need story. You need one of the pitchers off the A's. You need to go after Freddie Freeman. You need to do this. You need to do that. And then they go out and trade Gary Sanchez and Urshela for IKF and Donaldson and move Torres to second, which Torres is even starting every day, which is fine, you know. But to see you guys all upset how they didn't get a Freeman, how they didn't get story, how they didn't get whoever that you wanted them to get. How they didn't do that. And then to start off the season the way you have by beating the Red Sox twice. To now you guys are like, yeah, Stanton's the man. And I understand re-signing Aaron Judge for $500 million. I mean, now let's get into some of his career NBA stats quick. He had... Uh, career average is 30.1 points per game. He averaged 6.2 rebounds per game 
and 5.3 assists per game. That's some gaudy numbers. He's only behind in steals to John Stockton and Jason Kidd. First team ballot Hall of Famer. He's also in the FIBA Hall of Fame. He's won Olympic gold in 84 and 92. He won gold at the Tournament of Americas. And he's got a gold Pan American Games medal as well. Wow. And y'all wonder sometimes why us that grew up watching Jordan thinks he's the best, the greatest player of all time. The guy created his own brand. His brand is still relevant today. He's still worth $1.3 billion every year off of his, off the Air Jordan brand. His number one selling shoe is the Retro Ones, which stopped being distributed in 2015. He's had average, he's had deals with Haynes, Gatorade. The guy is a cultural icon. Space Jam, it came out in 1996 and grossed over $200 million at the box office. Yeah, granted, he wasn't like the best actor. And you can say, and if you're a movie critic, you can say, well, that movie is trash. But to the basketball fans and the kids in the 90s, that movie is straight gold. That movie is... That's one of those movies that you're like, hey, well, let's watch some 90s movies. And we throw on Sandlot, Rookie of the Year, Space Jam, and Happy Gilmore. Like, that pretty much sums up our entire 90s collection as kids for movies. He cited David Thompson and Walter Davis and Jerry West as influences to his game. His game has influenced LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and others. Vince Carter gave up his all-star starting spot in Jordan's last all-star game for him to be the starter. Wright Thompson described him as a killer in the Darwin in the Charles Darwin sense of the word, immediately sensing and attacking someone's weakness spot. The Bulls built their organization around him. As a player, there's nobody like him. Larry Bird even quoted that, saying that there's only one Michael Jordan. and Or actually, what he said was, God has came back in the form of Michael Jordan. Larry Legend said that after a playoff battle in the 80s. He unretired. He retired to go play baseball. And yeah, I understand there's gambling rumors out there, but I legit think he just got tired of basketball because he could just dominate anybody on the floor and as a competitor he needed a new challenge so he went and tried playing baseball 
And, I mean, the guy even did well there. And not, like, well, well. I mean, he only played at Birmingham, but still. I mean, he did play in an exhibition between the Cubs and the White Sox. No one has matched what Jordan has been able to do since. We can talk LeBron. We can talk Kobe. Yeah, LeBron's got more points scored. Kobe, you know, had an outside shot. But, and Kobe had that killer instinct just like Jordan. He is in the base he's in the basketball hall of fame as an individual and also as the dream team. He's he was voted the number one athlete of the twentieth century over Babe Ruth and Muhammad Ali. He owns part of the he well he was he's still majority owner of the Hornets. Um, he's not the sole owner anymore. He still has Jordan. He still goes out and plays golf. I mean, he played he played golf with Charles Barkley during the ninety three finals. Just so that way he could crush him on the floor the next day. He beat the likes of Magic Johnson, Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley, John Stockton and Carl Malone, Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. He beat Shaq and he broke up the Magic. The Magic beat him. In the second round, when he came back from retirement. And then the next year, the Bulls beat them and broke up that team. Patrick Ewing doesn't have a ring because Michael Jordan. Magic Johnson Johnson doesn't have six rings because of Michael Jordan. Larry Bird doesn't have four rings because of Michael Jordan. Isaiah Thomas wasn't on the dream team. Because of Michael Jordan. (laughs) Like. He let it be known. That. Once you stepped on the floor with him. Or at any competition. He was going to destroy you. And that's what he did. He developed a jump shot. He admits that the. Air Jordan brand. You know, took away some of the jump shot because everybody wanted to dunk. That's what everybody wants to do. But you can't sit here and tell me that there's someone better. You can't sit here and tell me a guy that goes, that has four rings is better than a guy with six rings. And rings don't even matter to me. Like, I've already discussed that. Championships really don't matter. But the stats and the way Jordan played, when he's winning on offense and then he's playing defense, 
And he's not slacking on defense either. He's guarding Clyde Drexler. He's guarding Gary Payton. He's guarding Magic. And that's the thing. That Laker, 91 Lakers team wasn't soft. Like that 91 Lakers team had already was, yeah, it was on the tail end of their 80s runs. But still, they were not soft. Let's see. This guy averaged 38.3 minutes per game for a career. He shot 49% from the field. He shot 32% from the three-point range. However, three-pointers weren't a huge thing when, you know, during that time. Like, you drove the bucket, you did mid-range shots. He had a 83% free-throw percentage. And he averaged almost a block a game. Even in his last year, his average line was 20 points. And this is at him at, I think he was 40, how old was Mr. Jordan? In? Yeah, he would have been 40. So his last year was, he turned 40 during the season. And he averaged 20 points. assists, 6.1 rebounds. He shot 82% from the line, 44% from the field, and he still played 37 minutes a game. And that was without even starting 15 games. If Jordan was on the court, you were going to lose most times. Yeah, did he have his bad games? Yes. But there are few and far between. Like, Jordan is an icon. He was compared to Julius Irving coming up. And we all know how good Julius Irving was, right? I mean... Go on YouTube. I'm sure you can find some highlights of him in the NBA and the ABA. Jackson compared Jordan's dominance to Shaquille O'Neal, stating Michael would get filed on every play and still have to play through it and just clear himself for shots instead and would rise to that occasion. Al Michaels once said that he was able to read a basketball box score on a 27-inch screen television clearly from about 50 feet away try that i know we don't have 27 inch tvs around much anymore but why don't you find one and try that let me tell me how hard that is like this 92 or the 1996 bulls Went 72-10. and 10. Do you know? Oh, sorry. I take that back. That wasn't the 96-97 Bulls. That was the 95-96 Bulls. That went 72-10. and 10. 
the 96-97 Bulls went 69-11. and And the 97-98 Bulls went 62-20. and So, yeah. There, and you could say that you had, well, you had Rodman and Pippen and Jordan. Okay, that's fine. But you still had Kukoc and Kerr. Like, that team was dominant. Their first seven guys off the bench would just dominate you. In the playoffs, <laughs> here's another deal. So, uh, I wish I would have found Jordan's playoff record. Other than six, to see how many games he actually lost. But it wasn't many, because in the 90s anyways. In the 80s, he got beat up. Oh, man. In the 80s, anytime he went to the playoffs, he had to play Detroit. He had to play Boston. And they would just beat him up. I mean, he did score. He does have a playoff career high against the Celtics. That is still not has not been broken yet. Because the Celtics were like, hey, we're just going to let Jordan score and not everybody else. He put up 63 points in a playoff game. The the Trailblazers still regret drafting Sam Bowie. They only did it because they needed a center. I mean, when you still have the best player on the board, I'm sure you take the best player on the board, right? Like, that's what we have to do. The the Pistons would hit him every time he came into the lane. You talk about guys going in and getting fouled now. Well, guess what? They didn't call fouls. If a guard came into the middle of the paint, he was getting hit on his butt. He was going to land on his rear end, and they weren't going to call a foul. That's all there is to it. The Today's game is completely changed because of the bad boy Pistons, the Lakers, the the Malones, the Kemp's of the world. Like, I don't think half of this league could play back in the 80s and 90s. There's some that could, but I think half of them couldn't. Because a lot of them rely on that shot from deep. They rely on... Uh, they can't take a foul. Um, so, yeah. I mean, he once punched Steve Kerr in the face because they got an argument at practice. It's just mind boggling. How well 
he does. He has done with his career as everything. Here's a little here's a guy from North Carolina and got cut from his varsity basketball team as a sophomore cuz he said he was too short at 5'11". And then he became the greatest player of all time. And I don't understand and I understand that's a, a an, an opinion. I understand that it's completely opinionated right there. When I say he's the greatest player of all time, I understand that is my opinion and nobody else's. But when people are still looking up to him and still trying to 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 be him, not to be him, be him, but just to get on that level. That is the crazy part. That's what's ridiculous. Yeah. Here, 1985-86, as a 22-year-old in the NBA, he put up 63 points. And he grabbed... 19 rebounds one game. Like, he could do it all. As a 6'6 guard out of North Carolina, he did it all on the court. And Jackson built the offense around, the triangle offense was built around Jordan, but he But why not? But why not build that offense around Jordan? Why not let the triangle offense run through Jordan? Before his before he started his championship run in the nineties, he had been to the Eastern Conference Finals in eighty nine and in ninety. So he was already on the cusp. Okay. He got beat by Detroit in 89. He got beat by Detroit in seven games in 1990. And then it was just straight domination. The Lakers in the finals beat them 4 1. Portland beat them 4 2. Phoenix. Beat them 4-2. Orlando. Or not, sorry, Orlando. Seattle. Beat them 4-2. In 96. 97, the Jazz in 4-2. 98, 4-2. He went to a Game 7 against Indiana in 98, won that. He went to a Game 7... Against the Knicks in 92 and won that. <laughs> so he played in, he went to a game seven against Detroit in 1990, lost that one. So the man has played in one, two, three game sevens. That's all he played. He's played three game sevens his entire career. 
that means he's <laughs> he straight up finished teams off after that 90 95 Orlando series when they lost 2-4 in the Eastern Conference semis he'd never lost a playoff matchup ever again after he lost in the Eastern Conference finals against Detroit he did not lose another series playoff series ever again <laughs> like who's going out there to beat you that that was it and you know what this is fitting it's 23 minutes i'm going to call it great jordan if you want more info on him go they're probably the second best team in the NL and I think or I shouldn't say this yeah I could say the no yeah I would say the second best because here's what's gonna happen the the NL East is gonna beat themselves up just like they did last year the top three teams are gonna beat themselves over there out west you really have the Dodgers and the Padres um the Giants are stepping back but again we'll get to those um on coming up as well so as always thanks for for listening uh reach you can find me on twitter one guy with a mic tiktok one guy with a mic uh find me on you know always make sure that you follow and hit the bell so that way you can follow and also uh, get notified of when i drop new episodes because this week is going to be fun and this is just the first episode of the seven and then I get a little bit of a break, and then we got to do right back to work uh, with it on Monday. So that's with putting out some more episodes. So this is, and hey, March is a beautiful time of the year, guys. March is my by far my favorite time of the year. We got baseball, you got basketball heating, the NBA's heating up for playoffs. You got March Madness going on, which by the way, my bracket got busted on day one. So anybody that listened to the bracketology um episode and took my picks to heart congrats on losing your brackets <laughs> there there is no refunds given um we got nascar still going um have it and we got hockey heating up um i haven't really done a hockey podcast yet so maybe we'll do one of those maybe that's what we'll do um next next week so still can get me at one guy with a mic at gmail.com for anything that you want. He probably could have made it as a baseball player too. Cause he could read he could read the ball off the bat for an outfielder. He could run and still bases. And eventually, he worked so hard that he could finally hit the curveball because that was the biggest thing that he couldn't do. If he is younger, he is definitely making it a baseball career. And also think about this. We have baseball and football players that wear his shoes as cleats. His net worth is $1.6 billion, y'all. Let me know how that works out for anybody else. So, 
And also, he had to quit baseball because of the strike because he didn't want to be a replacement player, which I get. I really hope that this lockout gets over and we stop and we don't have to have that issue. really hope the owners get their head out their asses. So, his one year, let's just talk about baseball quick and then... And then, uh, yeah, let's let's just talk about this quick. So he played 127 games with the Birmingham Barons in 1994. Had 497 play, played appearances, 436 at bats. He had 46 runs. He had 88 hits, 17 doubles, one triple, three home runs, drove in 51 RBIs. Now here here's a great stat. He had 30 stolen bases. 18 caught stealings. He would walk 51 times. He struck out 114 times. I mean, we look at 114 times now. Like, geez, that guy, that guy really had a lot of play appearances. His batting average was 202. Not great. But again, he didn't get into the swing of things until halfway through the season. On base percentage was 290. Slugging percentage was 266. OPS was 556. He had 116 total bases. He only grounded into four double plays. He had four hit by pitches, three sack hits, three sack flies, no intentional walks. He had a 95% fielding ratio percentage. He had six assists from the outfield. I mean, he did come in 11 errors, but still. Yeah. He could do it. He could just do it all. I mean, as a kid from the 90s, we had posters of Jordan on our wall. We had a buy the new Jordans that came out. I remember I, as soon as I got my first paycheck, I went out and bought a pair of Jordans. Jordan 12s. Were the first pair of Jordans I ever had. And then there was the 13s. And. The guy is a legend. And. I am very. Thankful I got to see him play as a kid growing up. To appreciate. What he did. To appreciate. Everything he put in the game. So, and that's the beauty about, I'm going to really age myself here, but that's okay. That's the beauty about the guys my age, or the fans, the basketball fans my age, that grew up in the 90s, and we saw Jordan play. We then got to see Kobe play. Then we got to see LeBron play. We got to see Larry Bird at the end of his career. We got to see Magic Johnson as well. We got to see the glove, Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Den- David Robinson, Timmy Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Shaquille O'Neal. We got to see these dudes come up and show out their game and try to beat each other every single night. No one was hopping on teams to be with their friends because rarely were they friends outside of Outside of basketball. 
Paul Pierce still hates LeBron James to this day. Because <laughs> Paul Pierce is an old school guy. No way is Paul Pierce is going to be like, I'm going to go join up with LeBron. Like, no. So, that's why I'm going there. So now we have the Western Conference playing games. You got Minnesota versus LA and New Orleans versus the Spurs. I'm taking the Clippers get the seventh seed. They beat the T-Wolves. They've beat them in the three matches this year, and they'll continue to beat them as well. And then I got the the Pelicans beating the Spurs. I think McCollum gets there. And then I do believe the Wolves are going to make the playoffs. They'll just be the eighth seed um, and face Phoenix. So let's... All right, so let's start with the Eastern region then. So we got Miami versus... The matchups are going to be Miami versus Charlotte. Philly versus Toronto, Boston versus Chicago, Milwaukee versus Brooklyn. Uh, two seven matchups going to be pretty good. So let's start with Miami and Charlotte, shall we? Let's give a breakdown of Miami and Charlotte. Whoops. All right. So Miami is fifty three and twenty eight on the earth. Yeah, as of today, right? Last game they're thirteen and two in the division. They score 110 points and only give up 105. Hornets show, the Hornets score more, but they also give up 10 more points per game as well. Now, this has, they've only had one real close matchup this year, and that was on February 17th. Game went to overtime, and Miami won 111-107. to 107. Other than that, Miami's pretty much dominated this series all year. You got Jimmy Butler and Bridges as the high-scoring uh, two high-scoring guys for both teams. Lowry, Ball, your assist guys. Steals, Butler's got 1.65. Ball's got 1.59. I just think that the experience of the Heat and how they've basically came from the being the third, seas, third, seas, third seed all year now to being the one seed, they're just clicking on all cylinders. Um, and I think... The Hornets win one game, but they definitely don't win the series. So they'll win four to one. The Heat will. All right. Just because that team's too good. I mean, when you're when you have Butler and Lowry playing the way they are right now, plus you have Hero coming off the bench, um, and then you got Robinson. Yeah, that that Heat team is just too good. Um, and these first round matchups, they're not really that sexy. As wise, I think that's you can look at you can look at it and be like, oh yeah, that roster is definitely better than this roster um, on the East side, anyways. But I think that's how it's pretty much been with the East for a long time. Is that you can just go up and down the lineup, uh, up and down the roster, and just see how bad they are, or or you know, or who's going to beat who, and just be and just have it done like that. So next up, we got Philly and Toronto. Um, Philly obviously has Harden and Embiid, and Toronto does not. <laughs> oh, so Philadelphia has lost three games in this series. They lost November eleventh, 
They lost March 20th, and they lost April 7th. They beat them on December 28th. So, and this game, and this has actually been a close series, too. I mean, the biggest win has been six points. And that was Toronto on November 11th, 115-109. to Other than that, it's been a five-point, consistently five points. 114 to 109, 9388, and 119 to 114. Okay. So I think this one, uh, I think this one goes six, six games. Philadelphia's going to win. Uh, Embiid, Embiid is just doing Embiid things this year. It's just really improved as a player this year. And I don't know if you can really say that even more, but I think he's been able to, he's been able to feed off the scoring wise, I guess, more this year. Um, the offense has been ran through him more often. So then you got Harden as well. Uh, Maxi, uh, Thibault, uh, you know. But, you know, Toronto is rolling out um, Pascal Sycom, Fred Van, v- Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr. I mean, Toronto's no slouch here. And it's going to be a close matchup because they're close in all the stats. Offensive stats-wise, 109-109. Rebounds, 42-45. Uh, Phillies, 23 assists. Toronto's 22. Steals, 7.65, almost 9 for Toronto. Blocks, 5.3 for Philly, 4.62 for Toronto. Field goal percentage, again, two points separate him. 46 for Philly, 44 for Toronto. Free throw percentage, 81 and 75. That's the only huge difference that they are is Philly's the better free throw shooting. But when you got Harden that shoots 89%, I mean... That helps. Then three point wise, it's thirty six and thirty four. So yeah, it's going to be a close series. I'm not a fan of Doc Rivers, um, but I think he can get because he does. I'm not a fan of Doc Rivers because he doesn't make in game adjustments. I've talked about that before. He doesn't make in in game adjustments, and therefore it's hard for me to appreciate him as a coach. Um, and sometimes you don't need to make those in game adjustments, but playoff times you do. So his drought of so his drought of championships is going to continue this year. Uh, Philadelphia wins this series four to two, four three, somewhere in there. Um, it's not going to be a sweep. It's not going to be a four one series either. Toronto's a better team than that, and Toronto could pull off the upset. Um, but especially if Harden goes really cold and they can stop Embiid. And over a, you know, when you're playing the same team seven times, it's easier to, it's a lot way, a lot better to game plan that way. So, so we'll we'll go with Philly. All right, next up is Boston and Chicago. This reminds me of an '80s matchup between the Boston and Chicago, but that was Bird and Jordan, and this is going to be Tatum and Levine. Um, Chicago is hot. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. The Pigskin Tales Podcast is all about the lesser-known pro football players. 
Yes, there are stories about the ones we know, like Brad Tarkenton and Harold Red Grange. But have you ever heard of Ernie Nevers? How about Dave Osborne or even Grady Alderman? These men created their own path to the NFL. How did they do it? Listen to the Pigskin Tales podcast. Now streaming on your favorite music platform. Go to pigskintales.com. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.